Today's episode of Let's Talk is brought to you in part by International Justice Mission. IJM is a global nonprofit working to end slavery and violence around the world. They take on the difficult, complex work of helping governments protect their own citizens from brutal systems of oppression that have, in some cases, flourished for centuries. With your support, children, women, and men trapped in cycles of awful violence, abuse, and slavery can be found. They can be rescued, and they can be restored to health and wholeness. By becoming a Freedom Partner, you can make this transformation possible. Freedom Partners give monthly so IJM teams can show up month after month to rescue people from slavery and walk with survivors as they heal. Visit IJM.org slash Let's Talk to join today. Your consistent support will impact the lives of individuals all over the world who are waiting to be set free. That's IJM.org slash Let's Talk. Hello, and welcome back to Let's Talk, a podcast from the Gospel Coalition Podcast Network, where we seek to apply biblical wisdom to everyday life. My name is Melissa Kruger, and I'm here with my friends, Jasmine Holmes and Jackie Hill Perry. We hope that you've enjoyed listening in. We've enjoyed getting to have these conversations together. And today I'm very interested in this one because I think it's one of the hardest things to do sometimes. Today we're going to talk about decision-making. And I know that... For me, this has been one of the hardest things um, to do at different points of my life because the reality is there's a lot of things we know just up front to do or not to do, meaning scripture tells us. But as we all know, it doesn't tell us what job to take. It doesn't tell us who to marry. You know, it doesn't tell us where to live or what how to go about our lives in some very specific ways yeah. often. Um, and I know when I was in college, I got engaged my junior year of college to a guy I'd been dating. And during that time, I started to feel all of these doubts Mm. about getting married Mm. and marrying him. And so fall of my senior year, um, we met with the pastor and he told me I had two weeks to make a decision. Two? Two. Okay. He said, y'all have been dating long enough. And I remember what he said. He said, you need to cut it with the sharp end of the axe. All right. <laughs> and I was sitting there and I left the meeting crying because I realized I had two weeks to make a decision about whether I should marry this person or not. And so the two weeks passed and I ended up giving him the ring back. And it was the hardest decision I've ever had wow. to make. Um, so have you all had situations where you've had these difficult decisions not, yes. Not that difficult. <laughs> well, that not that. That sounds hard. <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. That. Oh, my goodness. Uh, especially, you only had two weeks. Like, at least give me six. I know. Eight. I know. It was rough. Yeah. That sounds like you're actually pretty decisive, though. I mean, like, because I wouldn't have been able to d- decide that. Well, you know, one thing I did, and we can talk about this some more, I was going away with five of my girlfriends for a weekend. And we went around in the minivan. I don't know why we had a minivan because we were in college, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but we were in a minivan. And I asked each of them, if you were me, what decision would you make? Mm -hmm. With they all knew how I was feeling. Mm -hmm. I just had all this doubt. 
you know, how do you decide who Mm -hmm. you want to spend the rest of your life with? Yeah. And I was 21, you know, and it just felt like this is a really big decision. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to do it. So I asked all of them and four of them said I wouldn't do it, not because he wasn't a good guy, but because of how I was feeling. Mm -hmm. And one of them said, I think you should marry him. You gave your word. Mm. Oh, let your yays be yays and your nays be nays for the rest of your life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was a really, you know, it was a tough, it was, it was a really tough thing to do. And so, and, and I loved him. He was my best friend and I gave it back to him and I just said, I can't do this now. Mm. And that was, well, I, I think you, you employed a really important part of decision-making, which is inviting other people into Mm -hmm. your Mm -hmm. decision-making. I've always tried to remember where, uh, somewhere in the Bible, it says in the uh, multitude of counselors, there is safety. Mm -hmm. And I really do believe that. Like I need more minds. I need more eyes, people with different insights and even connections with God that I may or may not have to be able to speak into my decisions. Cause they just, I don't know if you got godly friends, especially wise godly friends. They just come with some type of insight. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, I never considered that angle, which therefore helps your decision. Yeah. I always told my dad, I'm like, we pray about this. God likes you a lot. You're a man of God. I feel like he'll give you the answer. Let me know what he says. You're in tight. Yeah. I'm like, you You, you got to see her. You got it. Like, not, you know. And I pray about it too, but there's something about the wisdom of other godly people around you to help you see blind spots that you're missing or even confirm what you know. Yeah. Like, you know, but you don't want to know to confirm that it's really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Are you all the type of people who, when you hear people say things, like if they say you shouldn't marry him, then you want to go marry him. Like, yeah, some people are, it's like you, it depends on the person. (laughs) Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. I'm a person who wants to do what everybody else thinks I should do. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, oh, if you all think I shouldn't marry him, then I won't. But no, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm more so thinking like if if you are a person I respect, yeah. yes, I'm taking yes. heed to that. Like, why would you say that? Like, mm-hmm. is there is there something I'm missing? Do you did you pray and get some type of, you know, right. prompting like, of the spirit or something? Let's talk more deeply about why you think that yeah. I don't need to do that but if you're somebody that just kind of makes frivolous wise impulsive decisions in your life i you probably just hating that's mm-hmm. why you said it mm-hmm. yeah and i don't know i'm kidding normally. i'm not kidding but i'm kidding but i'm not and jk but seriously <laughs> those are the people i don't really even ask yeah if i take the time to ask you mm-hmm. it true. normally means i really respect the advice that you would give and yeah. i know it would be prayerful yeah. and biblically based and all of those i think there are times though where even people you respect offer counsel that is wise but it's just not what god is actually saying to you mm. and i think you have to walk by faith so for example uh, i lived in la when i was uh, 19 till around 21 and uh, it was after our church fractured and I had got hired at this job, but at the same time I got hired at that job, I got hired for Amtrak, which was about to pay me seventeen fifty an hour, which is a lot when you're 21. I went to this customer service job thing and it was my first day. And I promise you, I'm sitting at the computer and I literally feel this strong idea pop in my mind. You need to move back home to St. Louis. You need to move back home to St. Louis. I was like, huh. Okay, never considered that. But it was just such a random, strong, clear thought that I was like, I think this might be the spirit. And so I prayed and I went home and I lived with my discipler. And I said, I 
think God might want me to move back to St. Louis. And she said, Jack, that doesn't make sense. She said, you just got hired at a good job making $17.50 an hour. Like what you need to do is you need to work this job, stack your money, and then you move back where mm-hmm. you actually have some. That is wise counsel. Absolutely. But I felt like listening to her would actually be disobedience. Yeah. And so I think there's, I think there comes a time where you just have to follow the spirit. Yeah. And what he's telling you to do. And I eventually ended up getting married because I moved. Yeah. So man, that's so true. That remind <laughs> yeah, that reminds me of us moving from Minneapolis to Jackson because we moved when my son was six weeks old. And everybody around us was like, Why are you guys moving right now? Like, are you crazy? But it's what we needed for our marriage. And nobody was inside of my marriage. Like I was inside of my marriage. Mm. And so even though the people around me were wise and offering wise counsel, like, why don't you wait another year and save up some money before you move back? Like, Philip didn't have a job yet. Like, we didn't have a place to live mm-hmm. yet. It just was like, we had a much better setup in Minneapolis than we had going back home. We took a, we, we like, our paycheck got cut in half moving back home. Um, but it's what the Lord wanted of us. And I had no doubt in that moment, um, not because he spoke audibly to us, um, but just because we just knew we felt that tug and we looked in the word and we talked to each other and we, we knew it was the right thing to do. So that scares a lot of people, especially in the reformed tradition, mm-hmm. the felt a tug, got a strong idea, mm-hmm. unction, impulse. It feels subjective. Yeah. Um, so, so is there a way, like, is there a concrete way to discern that what I'm hearing or not audibly, but what I'm sensing, mm-hmm. how do we discern practically, even from the scriptures, that this is God and not just my feelings? Well, I think the biggest thing is <laughs> to make sure that what you're feeling and the impulse and the tugging is not counter to the mm-hmm. scripture. Yeah. <laughs> um. So that would be like my, I, I don't have anything else to say. I, I'm still thinking through it, but that's like the first thing that comes to mind is First, first of all, if it's counter to the scripture in any way, shape, mm-hmm. form, or fashion, and that's that's not God. But God is not telling you to. Gossip. Yeah, that's probably that's probably a different voice. <laughs> I think um, the Lord told me to get a divorce. Right, right. It's like, well, okay, let's talk more about. But um, yeah, that'd be an interesting conversation. What beyond that? Beyond the things that are clearly, in, clearly yeah. out, out. How do you how do you clearly know when God is telling you to do something that's in? When I was going through the decision making about who to marry, um, there was one passage. It was in John ten that really helped me with this, and it was just this promise that the sheep know the shepherd's voice, Mm. and that a stranger they won't follow, Mm -hmm. but that he will lead them out. And so I was doing everything I knew to do in that decision-making. I was asking wise counsel. Mm -hmm. I was praying. Mm -hmm. I was reading my Bible. I was doing everything I could to make the right decision. And that promise that I would not follow the stranger's voice really helped me to say, I'm taking hold of all the means you've given me to hear your voice. Mm -hmm. And I can trust that you will lead me and that I can throw my whole life on you that you will not abandon the one who seeks you. Yeah. And so I think as, we, as we're making these decisions and we're bringing in all those things, and sometimes we do make decisions that are different than what our friends think we should make. Yeah. But what I've found, a lot of times friends want us to make the easiest choice. Mm-hmm. We're really uncomfortable the when, convenient one, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. when yeah. someone says, I might be called to the mission field. 
Or I might be called to adopt a baby. You know, when you already have five babies Mm -hmm. and you adopt two more. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. I mean, like Mm -hmm. we're really uncomfortable with hard choices. Mm. But Christ made a hard choice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he looked at all of us and for the joy set before him, endured the cross. Mm. And so I think sometimes we also have to, as friends, have to be willing to say it's okay to make the hard choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is hard. Like, cause I even, when my friends are like, where do you want to eat? I'm like, I don't want to say, cause what if y'all going? Y'all don't like it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like we do that a lot with yeah. decisions. Like, what do you think we should do? Well, I'm going to say the safest thing so that if you do it, it doesn't reflect back on me. Like Jasmine, you told me to do that. Yeah. Um, but it's not like that. It's I'm looking at all the information that you're looking at and I'm giving you my best possible thoughts. And if the spirit leads you differently, that does it's not a reflection on me like mm-hmm. we're all trying to figure out the best way to make this decision yeah I've, I've tried to be really intentional when my friends ask me for advice or even my husband or whoever um to caution them in saying this is what i think and this is an opinion but you still really do need to go to the lord because mm-hmm. i don't what i'm saying might be totally off um and different from what god is leading you and i i say that just because of all of the the advice I've gotten that was told to me in such a way as if it was God's word. Yeah. You, you know, like yeah. you, get, you got from like, you should, you have to, you must. And mm-hmm. it's like, Hey, like you give me imperatives. Like if I don't obey, yeah. Like if I don't know, obey <laughs> exactly. you, exactly. I'm not obeying the scripture some yeah. kind of way. Right. Uh, and I just don't want to be that kind of friend. Yeah. 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 And some friends, I think this is a really tough thing, especially in these gray areas. Like, you know, well, let's just, even in motherhood, mm. all of us are moms and we all make different choices about mm-hmm. how we raise our kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And those different choices sometimes can feel like judgments on our choices. Mm. Yeah. So how do we live as women and make our decisions? And sometimes like you might be called to do one kind of schooling. You might be called to do another type of schooling or you may be called to one career. You may be called to the mission field, whatever it yeah. might be. We tend unfortunately, to sometimes say, well, my choice was the better choice. Yeah. You know, we, we almost feel like we get entrenched and we have to prove why going to the mission field, you know, in Europe mm-hmm. is better than going to the mission field in Africa or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we feel like we have to make ours the best yeah. or living in the inner city versus living in the suburbs, whatever yeah. it might be. Yeah. Like sometimes our decisions feel like they're either judgments or other people's decisions. Like just a competition. Be, yeah. Right. Decision yeah. competition. Yeah. Right. Yeah. How can we live free of that? Yeah. I think when we do that, we're relying more on our decisions to make us holy than the spirit to make us holy. Because God is going to use Jackie's career to sanctify her. God is going to use my career or my lack thereof to sanctify (laughs) me. Do you know what I'm saying? But like, instead of saying that God is intimately at work in every single person's life using the means in their life to bring mm-hmm. about his good work, I think we rely on those means more than on him. And it makes us kind of like, well, if you're doing something different, then that means that either you're judging me and I'm not as good at whatever as you, um, or you're wrong. Instead of saying, wow, that's interesting that that's where God led you. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting that that's, that's, those are the contours of your life. Yeah. And that's where God's working in your life this is how he's working in mind. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we just don't have that yeah. confidence. Yeah. Our decisions 
have to be unique because we are mm-hmm. like we are really complicated with a a myriad of circumstances mm-hmm. that we have to make decisions because of and so i think to judge somebody else's decision is silly and weird but i get it like that's how we like we we like to boost our egos based on the smallest things rather than praising and rejoicing and being like oh that's dope that you put your children in private school oh that's tight that you have all the time and energy and the smarts to be able to pour into your children with homeschool oh Mm -hmm. that's cool that you stayed in corporate america like like rejoicing with those who rejoice Mm -hmm. i think we would have a lot more peace yeah there'd be a lot more freedom yeah especially it's really sad to me what happens in ministry Mm. that like we almost judge you know what you're doing oh that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, but this is significant yeah. or, or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, and that, I think, rather than just like you all were saying, celebrating the mm-hmm. decisions of others, even when they're not like ours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I think that's sometimes the toughest mm-hmm. type of thing. Yeah. And maybe do. sometimes another person's decision makes you feel insecure about your own. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why it becomes a competition because you feel like, well, did I make the wrong decision? Because they made, they did X, Y, and Z and got a different result than me. Like why am, why am I not getting the salary increase or mm-hmm. the good marriage or mm-hmm. the, you get what I'm saying? Like maybe that's a factor that we have to dig into. Yeah. I think people are afraid of freedom too. Freedom is scary. I mean, it's much easier to live a life with everything just written down exactly how you're supposed to do it every day of your life. It's much harder to rely on the Holy Spirit to guide you down whatever path he deems fit. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that the more that I grow in Christianity, the more that I grow as a woman, being able to see gray areas of decision making and not be intimidated by them has been a huge mark of spiritual maturity being brought about in me, but it's taken work and it's still taking work. Um, Even just deciding where my son is going to go to school in the fall. I was just, I was a basket case for like (laughs) weeks and everybody was like, what is wrong? It's okay. Like you can, you don't have to know exactly where, what place he's going to graduate from right now. Mm -hmm. He's, not even four yet. But you don't know what college he's going to yet? Look, What's I felt like I needed to. I was like, oh my gosh. And, bad and then if I do this, like this is going to be a feeder school for this. <laughs> and I was homeschooled, but I'm not homeschooling. And so then it was like, oh, what's the matter with me? Like, am I not willing to do it? And it just, I wasn't being confident in the season that God had put me in. Mm. I was too busy looking around at everybody else and being paralyzed by freedom. Mm. So I was like, is there a way that I can make this decision easier by saying that there's only one righteous way to teach my child? Because mm. I would make this really easy because mm. then it's what I should do. And I don't even have to pray about that. Yeah, like, that's, that's just true. what I should do. Um, but no, I had to pray and think and mm. wrestle and struggle and get some judgment and get some bad advice and get some good advice. And through that, my reliance on the Lord grew tremendously. And that's often what we don't want to do. Mm -hmm. We don't want to have to sit in prayer and being in the word Mm -hmm. and being still and listening to God. Mm -hmm. It's very uncomfortable. Mystery is uncomfortable. Yeah. 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 We want all the answers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So someone listening today has a big decision to make. If you had to give a process for how you go through making a godly decision, just in general, what would you encourage that person to be doing who's listening and says, I have this huge decision Mm -hmm. to make. It might change the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. 
it's how every decision feels yeah. in the moment sometimes. It absolutely does. Um, how can I, what, what things do I have to include in that process of decision-making? I think, uh, obviously prayer, uh, taking it to the Lord in prayer, um, because he'll guide your feet, guide your footsteps. Um, I think with prayer, I've always asked God when, if I, if, if I don't feel or sense or hear any clear, decisive thing, I'm gonna just make a move. And Lord, if this is the wrong move, warn me, use the church, use something to, and I think he's a good father, to the point that anytime I've submitted my uh, questions to him, he'll send some warnings some kind of way. Um, so that I think also fleshing out, if I say yes to this, does it help me love God and people more or less? I think that's a really good framework um, because there are some decisions that become so obvious for us to say no to because they'll limit how uh, fruitful we can be. Mm-hmm. I think fruitfulness is a good sign that maybe this is the direction you should go. Mm-hmm. That's good. For me, whenever I'm making decisions, it's helpful to remember that God is sovereign, which doesn't mean that I just get to sit and fold my hands and wait for him to move me where I'm supposed to go. But it does mean that if I take a step in the quote unquote wrong direction, he has been so good to allow me to change course Mm. so many times where I thought I was supposed to do X, got third of the way into X <laughs> and was like, you know what? I need to reverse. Yeah. And God has allowed me a way out or given grace for the way forward until I can switch gears, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so not feeling like every single decision is make or break rest of your life. Not going to be able to ever go back from this. There are things that are more serious than others, right? Deciding yeah. to marry Philip. That was serious. a pretty big make or break yeah. decision. Yeah. Um, thankfully, I made the right decision. Um, but where my kid is going to go to school, I can change my mind. Yeah, you can. Moving into whatever neighborhood, I can change my mind. You know, there, there are th- like, things that are not permanent. Mm. You can release some of that tension by not seeing every single thing is so huge that God can't change course. Yeah, one verse that always comforts me. It's Isaiah fifty-eight eleven, and it says, "The Lord will guide you continually, and He will satisfy your desires in scorched places, mm-hmm. and you will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters do not fail." And she quoted that from memory, guys. <laughs> Verbatim. I nope. see you, Melissa <laughs> Kruger. <laughs> Melissa Kruger, those, ladies and gentlemen. These are those cling to verses. Yeah. But what I love about that verse is he will satisfy your desire in scorched places. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes when we are seeking to make good decisions, our goal is to avoid the scorched place. Mm. You know, like, I'm like, oh, if I make the right decision, Mm. if I find the right husband to marry, if I find just the right job, that means nothing and it will be hard. Mm. And, you know, I've realized that's not the reason we seek the Lord in our decision-making. You know, we seek the Lord because He's the one who has all the wisdom, but He may lead us to make really hard choices. Mm. Have you ever had times in your life where you feel like the Lord had you make a decision that it ended up being a really hard choice to live in? Yes. Yes. Tell us about that. No, when we moved back to Jackson, that was like one of the hardest things that I've ever done because I've already said in um, our hospitality episode, we lived on a dead-end street in a town with 800 people. I had no car. Um, I had a young baby. I had postpartum depression. I was completely isolated for the first eight months of us living in Jackson. And there were several times where I was like, do we make the right decision? Um, but we did because I watched. I First, my husband flourished. Mm. Then my son flourished. 
then I got to flourish. But it took a long time. Mm-hmm. Like it was a sacrificial decision. And I don't say that as like a pat myself on the back, like, oh, I'm such a good mother and wife. I'm just going to sit over here and like wither on the vine while they flourish. <laughs> but that is what God called me to mm-hmm. do um, in that season. I have been rewarded for that season a hundredfold, a thousandfold. Um, but it was rough. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's what God wanted me to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of times for me, most of my decisions, I know that they're good decisions, but they just have their share of trouble and trial. Mm-hmm. Uh, even when it came to me serving and agreeing to be, you know, in leadership at the church that I lived in Chicago, it's like, oh, sure. But I know I'm signing up for a very difficult, leading people is not easy. Mm-hmm. I think, I think if you think leadership is like this fun thing to do, then you don't really <laughs> know what leadership is. Uh, and so to be in a position where I'm serving women that, do and don't listen, that criticize, that don't want you to talk about womanhood all the time, or if you do talk about womanhood to include this, they don't want you to sing these types of worship songs. They want you to sing longer worship. Like, it's just that type of environment. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't, th- I know this was the right decision, but it's not a decision that I'm glad I made. Yep. <laughs> yes. And so I, I think I've had that where my yes still came with its own share mm-hmm. of sanctification. Yeah. I mean, just like all of us are married. <laughs> so it's like, yes, I'm so glad that I married my husband. I love him to death. Would never, I can't, like when I try to think about what if I had married, I can't even, I like who I, I wouldn't even be who I am without yeah. him. Yeah. But there were days early on where I was like, hmm, <laughs> yeah. this is kind of hard. Am I sure? Yeah. And I think that's the refreshing thing about marriage you're like so everyone will get to the point of oh this is why we had to make a promise yeah yeah <laughs> because yeah. we would all leave yeah. at some point and that's true of so many decisions yeah so melissa you told us earlier that uh you broke god's heart gave him the ring back uh what happened to him um well he is actually a professor of new testament at rts okay. and i'm currently married to him all right please explain <laughs> So this is is one of those things, even that Jasmine was saying earlier, you know, sometimes we make a decision, but it's not the final Mm -hmm. call on that decision. And thankfully, a year and a half after I gave him the ring back, he gave it back to me. And he was still single. He was still single. Look at the Lord. Bless God. He preserved him. He did. And he still wanted to marry me. Wow. (laughs) His very indecisive wife. Um, and it really was such a testimony of God, God's grace. I think what I saw in that more than anything was, you know, how the Lord pursues us, even though we don't want him, mm-hmm. you know, and he comes after us mm-hmm. like a bridegroom. Mm-hmm. And my husband came after me and didn't let my no dissuade him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I love you. Mm-hmm. And I still love you, even though you rejected me and oh. gave me the ring mm-hmm. back. And so he asked me a year and a half later and we got married and we've been married 22 years. Mm. So that's a word. It was a good yes. That's like Joe and Lori, but ending the right way. <laughs> From little Who were those people? Oh, oh. that's true. <laughs> Never you seen it. You guys ended better. That's true. Never I wrote seen the it. other story for little you women. You did. The other I ending. Don't know what's that happening. made me so happy. <laughs> you got to see the movie. I don't want to. You got to. It doesn't it's so seem good. interesting. You wouldn't like it. No. You wouldn't. I know, I'm telling you, it don't see it. But also, like, flowery and cute. <laughs> you know. It's making y'all smile too it big. Is. That right there <laughs> lets me we're know like, how it should like go. Lori. 
what, what do you think is the takeaway from that? Because I, I do think it's it's interesting how you did make a decision that someone could say was a bad decision mm-hmm. because that actually was your husband. But I think it was a good decision because it served its purpose, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I guess what would you, I don't know, what would be the wisdom that you learned from that scenario that you could pass on? Yeah, I, it was interesting because it almost seems like that decision propelled me into a year of heartache. Mm. I mean, I was so sad. And I and it was weird because I was the one who had broken up. So mm-hmm. I wasn't really allowed to be sad, you know, mm-hmm. because you 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 said no, so why are you sad? But a lot of it was I just wasn't ready to marry him then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think that's fine. Some decisions it's just not time today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it didn't mean he wasn't the right person. Yeah. And I think that's always the mystery of the Lord's will. I remember telling people I will know he's supposed to be my husband after we walk down the aisle and we have been pronounced man and wife. Hello. That's that's a word. That's seriously, that's how you know that it's the one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I don't know this mysterious. There are no birds that came down and flew over his head. They didn't encircle him Mm -mm. saying he's the one. I think it's such a hard these decisions are hard. How do you discern who you are willing to go through all of life with? And for me, it was really getting to the place where the Lord said, the person you're going to go through all of life with is me. Amen. Okay. We're at our favorite part where we get to talk about our favorite things. Um, And today we're doing a spiritual one. So it is, what is your favorite book of the Bible? It could be your favorite passage, whatever. It could be your favorite verse if you want to go smaller. So what's your favorite place that you love to be in God's Word? My favorite passage is 1 Corinthians 2, where it talks about us having the mind of God. That is my favorite. I go back to it over and over and over again. It. I'm such a researcher, learner, want to know, want to discover, want to find out. Um, I find so much security in that. And I love that passage because on the one hand, it gives me that security of like, I can learn and I can know because of who God is. But on the other hand, it pulls me out of my concrete thinking because discerning the mind of God is so much more than any words or book or you know, could ever express. And so it just kind of speaks to, it speaks to where I am and it also speaks to what I need. And I love it so much. That's good. good. I think in recent years, uh, just being in the kind of ministry that I'm in, uh, a ministry that can be kind of messy and hard to discuss, you know, sexuality and things Mm -hmm. like that. I think the book of Acts has become a favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, just seeing how the spirit empowered the early church to do very hard stuff in difficult times, but also just observing, one, how the church itself, the communal body, how they helped each other be on mission, but also seeing the joy that they had to be on mission. And, you, you know, you got stories of uh, Paul getting bit by snakes and Paul being converted and uh, arguments between him and Peter. It's just a real, it's real. It's an yeah. interesting book, and I just, I just enjoy it. I wish we talked about it more. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good. My favorite passage is Isaiah fifty-five. Mm. What I love about it is it starts with this invitation: "Come, you know, come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters." Mm. It's this wonderful invitation. It says, "Why spend your money on what isn't bread and your labor on what doesn't satisfy? Mm-hmm. Listen to me, 
and your soul will delight in the richest affair. Mm. You know, and it's just like, ah, oh, this is this, like that the invitation to God is an invitation to life. Yeah. And then it ends with, you will go out in joy and you'll be led forth in peace and the mountains and the hills will burst in the song before you mm. and the leaves of the field will clap their hand or whatever. And so it's this mm. wonderful picture of the word going out, mm. you know, and it's going to accomplish whatever he desires for mm. it, his purposes. So we come to the Lord in his word as his people and then we go out, Yeah, you know, and I was like, that's the whole Christian life to me. Yeah. yeah. I love yeah. that. That's so a pretty verse. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's said so much better in that poetic way. Mm-hmm. So, well, thanks for this conversation. I feel more ready to make decisions. Black coffee or latte? Oh, what is that's the, the problem in America? Mm. We've got too many decisions in the yogurt aisle. <laughs> it's like the Cheesecake Factory menu. It's, like, it's impossible to decide oh my gosh. in five minutes what you want from the menu with 3,000 items. Decision anyway, fatigue is a real thing. It is. Scientifically, yes, it is. It is. So we can't help you choose your entree at Cheesecake Factory, but we hope that we have helped making decisions in regular life. So thanks for listening today to this episode of Let's Talk. Next week, we're going to be talking about finding a mentor and being mentored. So be sure to join us for that. You can subscribe to Let's Talk through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you like to get your podcast. Check out our other shows from the Gospel Coalition Podcast Network at tgc.org slash podcast. The Gospel Coalition connects Christians to resources that apply the truth and beauty of the gospel to all of life.